If you're an occupational therapist looking to develop your skills in hand therapy, this podcast is for you. Your host, Huang Tron, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist turned serial entrepreneur with her own therapy clinic in Miami. Huang is an author and successful coach helping occupational therapists get jobs, develop their skills, and become certified hand therapists so they can become experts in their area. Huang works with occupational therapists from across the United States and around the world. She talks about everything from hand therapy skills, career development, leadership skills, money mindset, and business. You too can become an expert certified hand therapist, business owner, and have more choices in your career. Subscribe now. I got a really great question and I wanted to be able to answer it, not just to the person who gave me the question, but also for anyone else who's like suffering in the same shoes that she's she's in and the conversation is really all about like how do you stay motivated in your career as you're building your career so if you're following me it's huang tron here i'm an occupational therapist and certified hand therapist and majority of people who follow me are here because they too want to work in hand therapy or maybe it's something that they want to explore I really want to talk not just about hand therapy, but just talking about your career as an occupational therapist, as a physical therapist. And I include, when I say OT and PT, I really include PT assistance and OT assistance as well, because I believe that we are like in the therapy world and in therapy family. And the question that came to me is like, how do you stay motivated as you're building out your career? How do you stay motivated building your career specifically sometimes in hand therapy because hand therapy can be really such a challenge to get into and i I wanted to think about it and i also wanted to write out a few of my ideas let me see if y'all people can see this here on instagram as well as on facebook and on youtube right so how do you stay motivated and i think that when it comes to staying motivated is you've got to explore a couple of questions for yourself and you have to look at your expectations of what you thought it was going to be like what are your expectations and then how do you how do i stay this is i'm sharing with you also what i do right i have to look at how aligned are my expectations i think one of the biggest killers that are killing people right now in the therapy world is this false sense of expectations of where they're supposed to be at. I don't think that this just happened right now. I think it's always happened in every person's career at every stage for every profession. However, we're seeing it a lot more right now in this day and age because technology is moving so fast. And 30 years ago, People had expectations, but it's not as explosive as it is right now because of technology, because of technology allowing us to connect and see what everyone else is doing at all times. And we have certain things that are allowed to us right now because of the technology that that we get to benefit from. But the Things that benefit us can also be the things that hurt us, right? So think about like how Amazon just delivers things to you so fast when you order it. God forbid you get in your car and go to the store, right? Because now you can sit back and order it. 
there's things that are happening right now that are just making our lives so much easier that we think that everything is that easy clicking a button on amazon boom it gets delivered to you i don't want to cook boom let me go on uber eats doordash or whatever and click a button and the shit gets delivered everything comes at a cost so you have to really think about aligning expectation i'm going to go into that a little bit more and then patience like how do you stay motivated building your ot career building your hand therapy career um when you have such strict time definitions or timelines so that you're not giving yourself any time to develop it, right? So consider this. Hopefully, knock on wood, we have the benefit of staying alive, right? Like actually I joke about, this is not a joke, but we do joke around when I'm talking to different business owners, like I have the opportunity to make money as a business owner, as long as I just stay alive, right? You have the opportunity to move along in your career. If we're fortunate enough to stay alive, we have the benefit of time, right? So no matter where you are on your journey, you have so much more time than you give yourself credit for. When I talk to people who are like, oh, I'm 20, I'm 30 years into it. I only have so much time left. Even if you only have 10, five, that's still a significant amount of time. Imagine if you could stretch that time a little bit because we don't have to just stop working just because we're 65, right? We can still do certain things that can, that can make our minds just be active and work, right? Yeah, the idea is to retire, but can you imagine if you can enjoy your life so much right now as you're building, as you're earning, as you're working, if you can enjoy your life right now, how great would it be so that you don't have to wait until you're 65 to actually enjoy. So that, that's a huge value of mine. If you guys have followed me at all in the last four or five years that I've been going online, you'll know that that finding joy, finding fun and doing fun things and all those things right now while we're still working is really important to me. I do not want to wait until I'm 65 and retired to do anything. I want to do all my shit now. <laughs> so, you know, to stay motivated, you have to have patience. And then how do I stay motivated? I think about others. I think about others. So let's go a little bit deeper into some of those things. Aligning expectations. At what point did someone tell you that this shit was going to be easy? At what point does someone tell you that building your career, no matter what area of occupational therapy you're going to be in, was easy? At what point did someone tell you that building your skills was going to be easy? At no point is this shit supposed to be easy because if it was easy, you wouldn't want it. If it was easy, you would be bored. So if you if it was easy, it wouldn't give you the rush in the sense of achievement, right? So as we go through school, going through school for as long as we have as therapists, there is a certain expectation that we just do the work and we get a grade. We do the work, we get these classes and we graduate. That was the easy part. And then when you go into the real world, now we're adulting for sure. 100% you thought you were adulting in school. You're not adulting in school. Someone told you what to do. Someone told you what classes to take. Someone told you that you needed to have a minimum of B to pass. Someone told you which internships you have to go to. 
when you come out as an adult with a degree, this is now when you start, right? So I want to ask you, where are your expectations when you came out of school and what you're striving to do? What are your expectations? So when I came out of school, I thought I would just get a job and love it, right? I thought I would get the job and I would just love what I did. And a lot of times nowadays, I think people think they're supposed to love the shit that they're doing all the time. And it's not true. You don't love everything you're doing all the time, but you love it enough to keep wanting to do more, right? That's the thing. Do you love it enough to keep wanting to do more? And sometimes when you're not good at what you're doing, it's hard to stay motivated right? If you're not good at what you're doing, you think you come out of school and you think you're supposed to be good. Not. I don't know who didn't tell you, but you're not that great, right? I experienced the same thing. I came out of school, started working in skilled nursing facility, and I was like, this is terrible, but probably because I wasn't such a great therapist. I didn't know what I was doing. So when you don't know what you're doing, you feel like shit. But your expectations were, I have a degree, so I thought I was, I knew some stuff, but you just don't know enough for the kind of things that you're facing in the clinic. When I moved into acute care, it was the same thing. I didn't know enough. Now you can pick things up and you can start learning, right? You can start learning. But at the end of the day, I think like the, how you stay motivated, how you stay motivated, it's like always hitting up into that one patient that you know you didn't know enough and that you could learn. So that kind of comes down to when you align your expectations and you think about others and think about how good you can become so you can help those people, right? So I always thought if the, my expectations in acute care was like, I was trying to get those hours. I was trying to get the experience so that I could move into the next position and the next position. But my expectations were very linked to time, right? I thought, oh, a couple of months of the opportunities, but that's not usually the case. Sometimes it takes much longer. So part of it's like being patient. So, you know, how do you say it motivates all the three of these things? What are your expectations? Having patience and what's your timeline? Can you give yourself a little bit of grace to develop your skills? Because being out of school like one or two years, that's fucking nothing, right? That's nothing. My first two, my first, I want to say my first three years as an OT, I freaking hated my jobs like i hated my profession because i was just doing stuff that i didn't think i was going to be doing i was working in a hospital and we just saw i just saw some of the worst things right i shit everywhere people vomited a colostomy bag opened things like that and then i actually had and you think about it and you think ah oh, this is so crappy but i also at the same time i thought about the people i was helping not you have to do your hard stuff but then you have a couple of people that just they humble you and you think about them and i don't think i've ever shared this story but i was working with a man who had pancreatic cancer really bad jaundice everywhere all this liver stuff pancreas and I was working with him, getting him out of bed, doing some ADLs, moving his hands and arms. They were just, he was so weak. And I remember he was like, I really need to go to the bathroom. Like, I really need to go pee. Or I need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, all right, I can do that. So I sat him up, worked on standing, and made sure he was safe, keep him in the urinal. And he could not pee. And he was so ill. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm going to be graphic. 
So a lot of times when people have a lot of these issues and he had kidney issues, they swell up, right? So the penis like retracts into their testicle area and you have to literally help pull their penis out so that he had to, so he could pee. And I remember, oh my God, do I have to do this for this guy? I'm like, what the fuck? Like literally, I was like, but I thought about it and I was like, you know what? For his dignity, for him, if my father was ever this ill, I would want someone to have such compassion to help him. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this, but when you think about others and you think about like, if I was in that terrible situation or my family member was in that terrible situation, would I have somebody who really cared about me? Right? So when you think about others, it can really help you to stay motivated. You know what I mean? So every time I was working in those settings, I really just thought about other people and I just thought about them. And I was, what if it was like my family? What if it was someone I knew? So it will help you to do the hard things, even though it might feel disgusting at that time. So anyway, like how do you stay motivated during those times? That's what I did. If you want to know exactly what I did, that's what I did. I had to realign my expectations that I was not great. Like I have barely any skills and it was going to take me, like it wasn't meant to be easy. It was meant to be hard. So I would continue to work. So the motivation really isn't so much that the motivation, it's like, how do you discipline yourself to keep going and striving for more? So when you strive for more and you think about your patients, you think about, man, I had a C, I had a CPR, CPRS back in the hospital as well. And she was just so painful. Like nothing I did help this woman. But remember when you're in acute care, you're in a particular phase, you're in the acute, you're in the acute phase. And then sometimes you get people in the skilled nursing phase or in the acute hospital phase, and then only out, then are they an outpatient, right? So some of your people will go through all these phases and eventually get to you, right? And then some people just come right into here. So no matter where you are, as you're developing your skills and you're getting your hours and your experience in hands, think about where you're at and realign your expectations. And then think about like how to continue to think about others and strive for more in terms of your skills. And that will also help you to stay motivated because you, you do have to ask yourself that hard question. Am I really good? Did I really help that person? Do I really have the skills? Right? And if you're somebody who's jumping from job to job, and I see that all the time now, you're jumping from job to job and you're still not happy. The job is not the common denominator. You are the common denominator. So where is essentially the quote unquote problem, right? Where's the problem? Is it really all those jobs or all those jobs really terrible? Or is it because you yourself are not aligned with the expectations and putting the work in, striving for more, thinking of others, and then giving yourself some grace, giving yourself time. I can tell you that I'm not really that great with this. I'm great. I'm actually really, I'm actually, if I look at this, I'm really good at thinking about other people that did not come early in my career that actually came midway through. 
when I started thinking more about other people. And I would say, like I always say, I always remember like the first three years were terrible as an OT. I was actually thinking about going back to school and getting a master's in like business or something and doing something with business. But then I started to, I was taking classes and I was getting better with the things that I was doing and the treatments I was providing. And if you focus on only the bad stuff, you'll only see the bad stuff. It's where you put your focus. If you focus on only the bad stuff, you will only see the bad stuff. So if, if I was in the hospital, and I was only focusing on the bad stuff and how bored I was and how I didn't want to do ADLs again or how I didn't want to work in the cardiac floor again and, and like I didn't want to do the ICU again, but things like that, then that was all I would see. But if I focused on some of the good things, I would focus on the one patient that, man, that just did so well with me. Like I had this one woman, she had a pituitary tumor. Pituitary tumor, they did a decompression, it didn't work, so then they had to do a craniotomy on the side. And she came out and it looked like a stroke, so all of her left side, or I can't remember which side it was, all the left side, super weak, couldn't do anything, couldn't even sit up. And talk about visual impairment, she had complete neglect. You would bring something and she could not cross midline. She could not pay attention to anything. And day in and day out, we would work with her. And what a challenge it was because it wasn't just like an orthopedic neuro issue of making sure the joints were moving, making sure that there wasn't subluxation, but there was a cognitive, like she was alert, but she was not oriented. You're always checking for the, are you alert and oriented? Hey, what's your name today? Shit like that. And then checking out her visual fields, like all those tests, and it was really challenging for me. I was working with her, and then um, the one day I came in, I started working with her, and she, I could not believe it when I tell you, she looked to the left, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. She had neglect, and she was looking, and she said hello, like she, words came out of her mouth. Within 30 minutes of that, she coded, and within 30 minutes of that, she died. Big experience for me. That was the first time someone had died, and I didn't know that sometimes with neuro patients, they say that they spike, they do really well before they pass away. First experience. But when you're working in certain places, no matter the setting, find one or two things. Find one or two people. Find one or two cases that, you know, that you want to get better with, that you want to do so well with them for. And that is what's going to help build your skills. And that's what's going to help you to stay motivated, to stay motivated. And when it comes to time, so the expectation and thinking of others, like I'm actually like solid, like solid with that. Patience is no friend of mine. Patience is no friend of mine. I always think that I should do things faster, better. I should be over there by now. It is a problem that I have. <laughs> so you, if you're having a hard time staying motivated, you have to look at these things and say, when am I having a hard time staying motivated? Because I might come here and I might look real motivated to you at all times, but it's not the motivation that keeps me going. It's the discipline. I hope I spelled that. It's the discipline. It's the discipline of constantly doing the same thing over and over until you are so good that no one can ignore you, right? That's the discipline. You want to stay motivated? Give yourself time. 
to do the thing over and over and you think you did it enough times, you didn't do it enough times, you need to do that shit again, right? So if you are in a job and you're like, I'm bored, right? I'm doing the same thing over and over and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I would really challenge you to say, are you really not getting anywhere? Or because if you're not getting anywhere, then you're, what you're saying to yourself is that I'm already really good and I don't need to improve. I'm so good. I don't need to improve and sorry, but we all have room for improvement. We all have room for improvement. So it is not just about becoming a certified hand therapist, like to sit for the boards and stuff like that. It is about developing your skills. It's about developing the ability to problem solve and to fix someone's problem right? So that, you know, you can get what you want out of your career. So people come to me like, I want that perfect job. Define and write down what that perfect job looks like to you. Define what that perfect job looks like to you. Because it's not just, it's not just about I'm seeing a lot of post-surgical cases. So if there's a lot of OTs that come to me, I want that job in the doctor's office. I want to be seeing a ton of post-surgical cases. Funny enough, they seem complex, but they are um, their easiest ones, right? And one of the reasons why I say that is because you, I talk about feedback loops quite a bit. One of the reasons why it's really frustrating to work with a neuro case is because your expectations are that they should be getting better faster when in actuality, they're supposed to get, they get better slower and they need almost like a lifetime of work. Whereas an orthopedic type of problem, it's a shorter feedback loop that you do one or two things and you get results right away. Right? So that's a shorter feedback loop. The reason why most people are drawn to that is because they get instant gratification from, oh, seeing that wound closes in two weeks, seeing that motion move within four weeks, whereas other things take a lot longer. So I would encourage you, like from a time perspective, having a sense of delayed gratification, right? Delayed gratification. There's a lot of things that we do right now that we continue to do and not see results. You can do a lot of things and not see results. And then one day you start to see the results. And that is, that's just time. If you want to stay motivated and turn that motivation into discipline, you've got to give yourself some time and you've got to get really comfortable with delayed gratification. This channel, Hand Therapy Secrets, I posted for over a year before I sold to anything at all, before I developed any kind of program at all, I just shared, shared. Now I shared sporadically, but I still opened and I still shared, right? Now, um, this is four years later that I am now sharing consistently. I've got, I'm on all channels. I'm on YouTube. I've got a podcast. I've got a team of people to help me, but I've got a team of people to help me because I'm able to do the kind of work that is required of me to do without seeing any results or any instant gratification, right? I'm able to do the work now without seeing the results of anything until later. That's very much like your career. 
that you're building, 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 you're doing all this stuff and you don't see anything until one day you do keep applying for that job and you get it. I worked for over four years building my building my resume, working in the same job. And then maybe it's not for everyone to stay in the same position, but I had a really good position. And even in my good position, I applied for other positions. And I would always come back and say, Huang, you have a really great position. Why would you give it up? Just because someone else wants to entice you for 50 cents more or a dollar or more. And that's a whole nother conversation, right? But I sat there and I built my position and I raised my hand every single time there was something new, right? I raised my hand. Who wants to do? I want to do this. Who wants to teach? I want to do this. Who wants to do splints? I want to do this. Who wants to go in the NICU? I'll go into the NICU. I ended up giving up my time to learn from someone who is willing to teach me like in the hospital setting. So I then got into the NICU and then I was looking for classes to take and I took a NICU class so that I could show up and present, show up to the parents. And that's how I got into NICU. And because I stayed and because I raised my hand each and every single time that I was willing to do more. And I'm not saying I, I, just worked for free. Okay. I'm not saying that what I'm saying is I was willing to go home and learn the things that they were asking. Would I be willing to do? I'd go home and I'd learn those things. And then I would come in and be like, who has the information that could teach me, even if it's for 30 minutes or an hour. And that's how I built my career. And because I was there and I could say, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. When the opportunity came one day, I got it. Right. And that was through, that was through all of this. That was through having the realigning my expectations that it wasn't supposed to be easy. Realigning that I'm not entitled to any job. I'm not entitled to have patients like me or want to be with me. I have to work for it. And then I gave myself a lot of time. I know that there was someone who was working in the same hospital I was working and she wanted, I was an outpatient, finally got into outpatient, became a CHC. And so a lot of people were looking at me, but you're a CHC now. I want to do what you did. Okay, great. Keep raising your hand. Keep doing this. It does take time. Well, she said it and she said it for about a year, but she didn't take classes. She wasn't really doing that much. And she would say that she didn't do anything. Right. So she, so she ended up quitting because she didn't get the opportunity fast enough. And I would told, I had told her, it's like, just give it some time because as we, as a clinic, it's busier, you know, there's going to be opportunities for you. She left. And then within so many months, the opportunity came, but she had already gone. So she left in search of, so she was like, I'm going to work at this place. It pays me so much. And there's a reason why some positions pay so much more than others. And that's because it's a shitty job, right? It's a shitty job. She lasted there two years. And within those two years, I had left the hospital and started working in a private clinic. And she called me up and she asked for help. At that time, I was able to, and I let her come and shadow me for months. But in order to make that big jump, she had to sacrifice. She was like, I, it was, she was so miserable. She quit her job without a job. And then she started from scratch, no job. 
she would come into the clinic. She would volunteer for me with me for eight hours a day, nine hours a day. And she did that only so many days that I can only take volunteers so many days. But from that, she started taking classes. She started, she was volunteering with me. And from that, she was learning, right? And then she took, she started applying for per diem positions and she drove our, like she drove miles and miles. They were not next to her house. And if anyone knows about anything in Miami, if you live on a certain part, you like, if you live in Miami beach, those people are fucking bougie as hell. They don't want to go nowhere. They don't want to drive off the Island. God forbid they make any effort to do anything. <laughs> this bitch was driving. Like she was driving to Fort Lauderdale for these positions because sometimes you do have to sacrifice. You have to have align your expectations and she did what she needed to do. And things started to fall in place for her because then she got her hours and she got her experience and she started studying for the exam and then she passed and then the jobs were coming before she passed jobs started coming but when your question is how do you prepare for that perfect job that you want first of all there's no perfect job you make it perfect right you make it perfect there i know plenty of people who would love to work in a hand surgeon's office until they finally get there. And they're like, holy shit, not all hand surgeons are nice, okay? Not all offices are organized. Not all, it's not all it's cracked up to be, but you make it what it is. Um, some people want to work in a private clinic and see that it's not just like sitting around and the patients are coming. There's different types of work in different types of settings. If you work in a hospital setting, there are certain things about working in the hospital, certain things that are easy about working in the hospital, but then other things are shit. Like it comes with that. That's the territory. At no point in your life is like everything going to be excellent. Everything is going to be amazing. Everything's going to be easy. At no point is that ever happening. Oh no, maybe it's for you, but I've never had that. But we can pick and choose. We can pick and choose how we see it. We can pick and choose how we ask ourselves questions, how we stay motivated, and how do we turn that motivation into actual discipline. I know it's a really long answer, <laughs> but it requires a certain amount of thinking and a mindset to stay motivated. And my job, right, what I want to do as a therapist is I want to help other therapists see that they're is so much more in your career and that you can get fulfillment and that you can be happy. But it's not the exterior. It's not that job. It's not your boss. It's not these outside things. It actually starts with you and your ability to line up your expectations or realign those expectations. It's up to you to give yourself grace for, for the patience that it requ is required of you to develop your skills and to move through the phases. Because at no point can we skip one phase to get to another phase, right? Do not wish time away. Because before you know it, you'll be dead. Do not wish time away. So all along that timeline, that journey, you, you want to find ways to enjoy it so that it it can motivate you and 
Yeah. And when you think about when you think about others, like when you think about your patients, like what can you provide? What can you do to help them? Like I'm in a different stage where I'm I have to think about the people that I serve, right? Like I have to think about my staff. I have to think about students in my program. I have to think about the classes that I'm teaching. You wouldn't like me if I came to a class, sold you a class, and then didn't do my absolute best to teach you something to bring value to your life. I have to think about you because I want to be that person that like influences you or that provides the skill sets that you need to propel your career. So I have to constantly think about you to stay motivated, to be disciplined, to do the hard work. Cause it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. You don't see the behind the scenes, but there's a lot of work that goes on into putting a class together into promoting that course and, um, into getting people to register, into developing that curriculum. It isn't easy, but I don't think it was meant to be easy. I think it was meant to be hard. And I think it was meant to be hard. And that way we can enjoy it when we do achieve something. So anyway, that's my long answer to your question of how to stay motivated. And I hope that it helps you. hope it gives you some pinpoint action that you could take the questions that you could ask yourself and think about how you can utilize these three things that I've mentioned to ask yourself, like, how can you stay motivated? Cause it's more of an internal thing than it is an external thing. So if you, if any of this resonated with you, I loved for you to leave me a comment. If you have further questions along the way, like along with the explanations, I'd love to have you leave me a comment as well. Let me know. Let me know what you pick up and let me know what you do not want to pick up and leave on the table because everyone's going to resonate with things differently. All right. So I hope that helped. And if you need me, I'm here, Hand Therapy Secrets. My name is Huang Tron. Send me a message or get on my community email list. And I send out videos weekly. I send out emails weekly, whether it be on YouTube, just sharing my perspective, my tips on career, on treatment. So I hope to see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for watching this later. Hey, thanks for listening to Huang's World Podcast. If you are brand new to the hand therapy world, head over to my website, www.handtherapysecrets.com, where you can get started with some of our free guides and paid programs for both OTs and PTs diving into the world of hand therapy. Or if you've been listening for a while, watching on our YouTube channel, and you think you could benefit from developing and moving your career further along in hand therapy, reach out to me and my team at info at and tell us exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if you know someone who could benefit from today's show, please share. Thanks. See you on the next episode.